Welcome back to the Bikes for Death podcast. As always, my name is Patrick and I am your host. And today's episode is with a very special guest, one who needs no introduction, literally none. But I tell you who does need an introduction, my newest patrons, because with getting back on the road and capturing interviews, just like the one you're about to hear with Leo Wilcox, oops, I said her name, it is made possible through the generous donations from you. There's a lot of ways that you can support the show. The best way is through Patreon. You can find me over there at patreon.com forward slash bikes or death. And you can sign up to be a sustaining member for as little as a dollar a month. So let's give a shout out to the newest patrons that have come on board to support the show since last week's episode. Let's give a huge shout out to Alex G, Tanya Rios, Chris Shaw, and I hope I said his name right, and Tim Fitzpatrick. Thank you all so much for stepping up and committing to be a sustaining member of the Bikes for Death podcast. That money goes directly into helping produce this show, pay for editing, pay for marketing, pay for storage, pay for gas in the van, and so on and so on. I didn't know hosting a podcast was going to be so expensive. I didn't know that, you know, that every dollar really does help. And recently I've added value to Patreon. We now have patron perks. Some examples of perks that we have are free shipping with Rockgeist. Also, if you tell us what bikes or death patch you want, we'll ship them one for free and he'll put it on there at the factory. Another patron perk we have is from Ride with GPS. Everybody loves Ride with GPS. I believe we have a 15%, yes, a 15% discount for Ride with GPS memberships. And we have many more and many more coming. And that's really a way for me to say thank you and a way for supporters of this show like Rock Guys, like Ride with GPS to support the show in their own way. You can find out more information at patreon.com forward slash bikes or death. Another change at Patreon recently is instead of getting a one-time code for a discount at the store, now you get a percentage discount every single month, no matter how much you buy on everything in the store. I also kind of tell you when things are going to be happening beforehand and you get some behind-the-scenes stuff. So anyway, you know, if you're thinking about being a Patreon, now would be a great time. Wink, wink. But first, let's start with some ad announcements. The first one coming from 6AM Work Shirts. You know, I'll be honest, my quote-unquote style hasn't changed much since middle school. But if you're a person that needs to dress well for work or just prefers to dress to impress even on bike rides, you need to check out 6AM Work Shirts. Whether you need a shirt to get you to work or just to look good on the town, 6AM Work Shirts have you covered. They are breathable, sweat-wicking, antimicrobial, four-way stretch dress shirts with a slim athletic fit right off the rack. So check out 6amworkshirts.com for more information. And speaking of patrons, patrons of this show receive an extra 20% off. I'd also want to announce that Bikes or Death is going to be hosting its first ever race. It's going to take place on October 1st. It's called the East Texas Showdown, and it takes place in the East Texas Piney Woods. It's going to go through Davy Crockett National Forest and Sam Houston National Forest 
388 miles. We talk about it on this episode, and I'm not going to tell you what time the episode starts because uh, Lael and I get into that in this episode, and we actually decide in real time when is the appropriate time and when is the best time to start an ultra-endurance bikepacking race like this. So obviously defer to Lael's expertise, and that's the time we're going with. So anyway, if you're interested in checking out some fast, down-and-dirty East Texas gravel roads you can check out a new Facebook page that I just started called, guess what? The East Texas Showdown. There you can find more information about the event. And honestly, I just created it yesterday, so there's not a ton of information, but I am working to add more. And of course, if you have questions or anything, hit me up and I'll do my best to answer them. And we get more into the race a little bit in the episode, so I won't go too much into it right now, but I did want to mention it because it did come up, and I know I keep teasing it, so damn it, it's time to let the people know. All right, everybody. Well, um, like I said, my guest today needs no introduction. Lael Wilcox is a huge inspiration to many, and I am no exception. She and Mike Hall are the two people who really inspired the heck out of me to pursue things that I thought were unobtainable or never even would think to approach. But seeing Lael's optimism and also Mike Hall's determination and just these next level humans that, you know, figured something out. I wanted to know more about it and I uh, wanted to see if I could tap into myself and find a little bit of, of that in myself. And I really credit her for a lot of my, you know, quote unquote success definitely give her credit for me getting into bikepacking. You know, I, I think it was, there was something about her that is so down to earth and so approachable. And even now she knows because we've interviewed a couple of times, but um, she's just a, a down to earth person. And that's one thing that I really love about podcast is it strips away the Instagram filtered post, it strips away the videos that are polished and edited, and you get to just meet the person and you get to hear the person and get to know them. So as a fan of Lael, it's always a huge honor and I'm always super thrilled and giddy. You could say I'm giddy to uh, talk to her. And in fact, we do laugh quite a bit on this episode. I think it was a product of just being nice to get out and actually see people face to face. And it's exciting. You know, I think we're all a little stir crazy. And um, so again, all thanks goes to Lael for being gracious with her time and an approachable super athlete. All right, everybody, let's have Miles take it away with the Bikes or Death theme song. You load up your bike, you ride away from home. You could be with your friends or you could be alone. You ride for a day or maybe more. You just love being in the great outdoors. Everything you need is strapped to your bars, including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus. And then you think, oh shit to yourself. You left that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf. Bikes. Or death. Bikes. Or death. Podcast. This year has just been like, oh God, you just like, you set something up and then you're like, nope, that's not going to happen. But I think things are getting better. I think they are. I'm here. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. How's your year been? Uh, It's been 
uh, very challenging <laughs> to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. I went through uh I went through a divorce in the beginning of uh so started at the beginning Whoa. of 2020 and finalized at the end of 2020 so oh, no. amid like, you know, all having the kids and moving the houses and oh, you know going no, through all that. Oh, I had that. no idea. Yeah. So oh, it's I'm been sorry. it was a challenge. You know, it's okay. I mean, it's always one of those things where it's like it was the right thing. It's never going to be easy, but you know, uh yeah, I'm in a much better place now. So I'm kind of for me, like 2021 is for sure like a fresh start. Like I'm cool. just 100% wiping 2020 off. Cool. Uh, we all have bad years. and so. <laughs> <laughs> It's good to have a benchmark for yeah. having something be better. Yeah, for sure, I guess. <laughs> Can't always be sunshine like and rainbows. Silver lining. <laughs> I'm all about the silver <laughs> lining. There's no reason to like look on the negative side. Well, since we're talking about it, I mean, that was one of the, questions I had for you is how did you handle lockdown? I can't imagine like you being, I mean, very adventurous, go anywhere, pretty much whatever you want to do and lockdown. So how did that, how did you handle it? I mean, at first, so it was like just over a year ago, last year when it all like all came to a head, March. And I was like, oh my gosh, like people were recommending don't go for an overnight, like don't leave your house basically. And I was like, well, this is like, what? What if I bring everything I need? You know, it just was <laughs> such a severe response that I was kind of like, this is really insane. And then uh, I was also, we were just wrapping up the cyclist menu season and I had kind of a weird back thing going on. So I just took it easy. And I was like, I had to cancel Anchorage Grit, which was devastating because I had had everything set up and it just, you're just, it's just so kind of disappointing. Like, especially for the kids, you're like, everything shut down for them. Like for me, it's like, I still can go for bike rides and do all this right. stuff, but it's like, they're not going to do it by yeah. themselves. Yeah. That's so like that their was, one trip, you know? Yeah. Like, and they're all like, all like writing me messages. Like, are we doing it? And I was like trying to find solutions. I was like, well, maybe if we just do small groups, you know, and yeah. we meet outside and all this stuff, but it just seemed like not safe. You're not supposed to like bring people together that wouldn't interact otherwise. Yeah. That's like the whole point. Yeah. It's like not something you should try to find loopholes for, you know? <laughs> I think that's true. I mean, I think there's a lot to be said, in my opinion, for if you and Rue want to go out and go an overnighter and have everything you need and you're not going to stop anywhere. I think that's great for yeah. personally, you know, I mean, I don't think there's many places you can be that are safer because supposedly I'm not a scientist, but they say it's killed in sunlight. Here's a stat I heard that 80% of the people that got COVID are vitamin D deficient. And there's only 4% that got COVID that were within the right levels. So they're finding that like having vitamin D is like crucial to fighting huh. off the coronavirus. And so this idea of like staying inside in no ventilation is to me like crazy, but... <laughs> Well, and even thinking about like that, I, so we're talking about like what happened, you know, like for my freedom, but then I'm like, well, bikepacking was like one of the only kind of safer activities, especially yeah. if you do like low risk riding, like you're not going to crash and you have what you need and you go out like on an adventure. And then, so then it's like, I feel like, I mean, the cycling industry just blew up like crazy. And then even more like bikepacking yep. specifically, because even like other racers that all their races were canceled, they're like, well, I could just do this trip. Yep. So then that's like been so cool to see so many new people like think about it. And they're like, what could I do? What would be fun? And then like maybe like thinking a bit outside of the box of just events or races or like the normal right. stuff that you do. And so that's been like so cool to see 
You're seeing a lot more smaller groups just getting together and do like little rides, like just yeah. a little camp out just yeah. to get away from you. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. And and they're like, we're outside, so it's safer. Yeah. And, you know, and then you can be somewhat social or you could just go on like your own thing because you're like, everybody needs like an outlet. Yeah, so then for that's sure. like a good one. A lot of bikepackers enjoy some solitude. You know, you don't do this if you're wanting to be around tons of people all the time. You know, it's good to have, like you said, that release. So did it really affect you much? I mean, did you handle it all pretty well? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I've had like my highs and lows for sure. Let's see. So everything was shut down. We had like plans. I was going to go back and do another time trial on the Tour Divide. And I can't even remember all the stuff. We had so much lined up. Oh, I can't imagine. So many trips. We were going to go to Europe and on and on. And then I was like, well, I don't think we can do any of that stuff. (laughs) So then I was like, well, what we can do is go back to Alaska and then just ride from home and then do this media project about riding all the roads in Alaska that I'd done a few years before, but I wanted Rue to come ride with me and document it and then make a video. So I was like, that's something we can do. That's a story I've wanted to tell for so long. And now it's actually like an appropriate time to do it because we'll be like on our own, self-supported, not interacting with people. And then we can show like the beauty of the land and there were hardly any tourists in Alaska say, Alaska's last year. about as remote as you can yeah, get. Yeah, and it's like it's so isolated. It's like, I mean, first when we got there, there was required two-week quarantine. But after that, it's like no visitors were really coming in because yep. the Canadian borders closed. You know, and then it was like, it felt like a really safe place to be just because it was like pretty strict with requirements and then people weren't really coming there. Makes sense. It's a good place to hole up if you got to be holed up somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And then still be able to ride. I didn't think about that. So you weren't actually in Tucson for really the meat and potatoes, if you want to say, of like when the it was really hot and heavy with the coronavirus. Right. No, so this, we left I, I forgot how May. big Tucson is. Yeah, I think it's like a million people. Yeah, I forgot. Like the whole area around. Right, okay. It's so spread out. We left early May, and then it was so hot, and then they had really destructive wildfires here. Like, oh no! Like the whole north side of Mount Lemmon is just burned. It was bad. It's yeah. It's it, but we had just left, and then it, I mean, it must have felt like hell here. It's like COVID lockdown. It's like over a hundred <laughs> degrees, and it's burning. Oh my gosh! And it's like smoky you can't go air. Outside. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, and you can't even like go up Mount Lemmon, which is like the refuge. Right. It's cooler. It's you know? so beautiful up here. Well, that's a great segue. You know, I was thinking about it. It's really neat. We've been able to, this is our third time to get together and chat. The first time was in a backyard and I think an Airbnb in Bentonville or somewhere around there. (laughs) And the second time, I want to get this right because some of my listeners call me out. I keep calling it Elijah, Georgia. And they Ella J. Ella J. You know it good. Yeah. You're gonna get bonus <laughs> points for I that. I could have actually done it wrong. I'm not from there. <laughs> I, Everybody has a different way to pronounce. I mean, all in, yeah, someone just called me out in good fun, but uh, they're like, "Bro, it's L I J," and I'm like, "Okay, okay." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, so we met there in L I J. Elijah, something like that. Elijah, Elijah, something close. We're getting there. Yeah. It's in that ballpark. <laughs> and now for the third time. Why don't you tell us where we are exactly? Yeah, we're uh, on Mount Lemmon. We're basically at the prison camp trailhead, seven miles up the mountain, in the shade because it's gonna—it's like ninety degrees today. It's hot. It's oh, hot. and you and we rode here. Yeah, we rode here from where we're staying, so it's probably like twenty-five miles away. 
<laughs> but more importantly, how many times did you ride up and down Mount Lemmon yesterday? I rode it three times yesterday. I wanted to do a sunrise to sunset day on Lemon. I have been obsessed with this mountain. I've had all these different challenges, but I'm like, the idea of just spending the entire like daylight, seeing everything look different. And it's so like nice and warm now that I could descend in a t-shirt from the top. You know, usually I'm in like a down jacket and down pants. You're having to stop and peel (laughs) off as you go, get lower or no? Oh, no, I just keep it on. You just keep it on. It's like it's over so fast. Like, yeah, and then going downhill is always cold and... Okay. What time did you start? How long did that take? And how many feet of elevate? I have no, I, I've only driven in a car twice. And I think it takes, just for perspective, I think it takes about an hour and 20 minutes to drive it in a car all the way to the top. That's probably about like the fastest time a cyclist is doing it now. Wow. We should look it up, but isn't that wow. insane? Wow. Like it makes me feel kind of <laughs> nauseous. Yes. <laughs> like, oh. Uh, but it's, so from the base to Summerhaven, the town at the top is 25 miles and probably about 6,000 feet of climbing. Okay. How does that compare to the Silk Road? Yeah. So that, I think some of those climbs were longer. Yeah, maybe a bit. I remember climbing like 7,000 feet at a time there. Yeah. And then it'd be on dirt too, so it'd be slower. Oh, wow. This is like more gradual. Yeah. But I love this mountain. I mean, at the bottom is saguaro cactus, and then at the top it's pine trees, and there's still snow up there. There's a ski resort. I mean, that's I think I'm going to have to go up before I leave. I was thinking about, because I told you I had a little bit of a window time. I think I'm going to go up and maybe do a hike. Or Is there anywhere I could ride my bike like on some trails that's not too gnarly? Because I have my fully rigid narrow tires. Yeah, I think you could probably ride so there's just a short one that's like two miles from here down to the next kind of camp area you could just do a little loop okay Uh, yeah it's pretty hot so yeah that's the (laughs) other factor (laughs) man coming from sea level i tell you what it is i've lived at sea level for 41 years and when i come up here it's hard to do a hike uh, for the first little while like it takes a minute to get acclimated it kind of sucks yeah i mean here we're probably already at like Five thousand feet. So I was noticing just like riding around this morning, getting my coffee and my breakfast and stuff that this seems to be an extremely active community. Driving up Mount Lemon today, I lost count of cyclists. I mean, I'm talking about in the hundreds of cyclists are like climbing and descending Mount Lemon all around town. People are running. And is that a big part of the community here? Well, I think the thing is that it's the infrastructure is so good, especially for a place that's not wealthy. You know, it's like Arizona in general is not a wealthy state, but they have, in this area specifically around Tucson, there are so many bike paths and bike lanes and like it's just accessible. So like along all the washes, there's a bike path and then bike lanes on almost every street that it's like, it makes it so easy for people to get around. And then, you know, people come here specifically because the weather's good and they can train and get away from real winter so yeah but what i really like is that it's not all like super serious people okay yeah. even on like mount lemon you like see people on like every kind of bike i know you know i saw I a saw... guy in like a pair of overalls oh you saw like an elliptical person yes! yeah isn't that wild you're like whoa get and let me it. tell you i saw her because i passed her and i came back down and both times i saw her she was smiling ear to ear 
yeah. doing this. And then I there was a group of men cyclists behind her all going. And they're just <gasps> and like I was dying. Like, she's like having the time <laughs> of her life on the elliptical bike over here. Maybe we're doing it wrong. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. This, I've never seen more of those than here. That was the first they're time like, I've seen it. I've but, seen it like all over town. That's like, so funny. Man, I've saw a couple guys descending lemon on skateboards. They're oh. like in like full tuck. Okay. It's like, oh yeah, my those gosh. Guys. That's scary. Yeah. That I is mean, that's scary. like freaky. The scariest accident I've ever had in my entire life came on a skateboard. And I was going down a hill in Austin and I got what's called the speed wobbles where you start oh, going so yeah. fast the board starts shaking. Yeah. And the board went this way and I went bam. Oh, and I got God. concussed and it was just nasty. Whenever you say that, I'm like, uh, no. Yeah. That's going to be a no for yeah, me. Yeah. So Speaking crazy. of that, how crazy is it to go down Mount Lemon at 48 miles an hour? and just hope that those tiny little tires are doing their job. Yeah, I mean, I guess you just, I'm not like super big on speed, but you get so used to it. The more times you like descend this, it just becomes so much more normal. Yeah. You know, so it's like you don't even feel it. But I see some people just cranking down the mountain. I'm like, holy shit, that's fast. I mean, the only thing that's freaky is the the traffic because it is windy and a lot of people are driving. So then I just like have this dream, like what if they just closed it down to cars like once a month? How cool would that be? Or once a week or something? Yeah, Yeah. or even for like half the day. Yeah. You know, I mean, it wouldn't be good for business, but it would be so cool for like I wonder, like a takeover yeah. and maybe it would or be or maybe an event yeah what if you had an event out here Lael oh yeah oh Lael <laughs> what is uh, Rebecca Rush's she has her challenge up a mountain you could have oh, the Lael's yeah. up Mount Lemon challenge I know but I don't think I'd have like the, the pole to get it shut down oh after this podcast after this one <laughs> this is the one yeah they're gonna be like oh yeah we should close Mount Lemon down <laughs> <laughs> One of my questions I had from Instagram was your favorite Tucson loop. Oh yeah, yeah. So the like the loop I usually do is the backside of Lemon. So connecting out Reddington Road out to San Manuel and then kind of skirting Oracle and then up the backside of Mount Lemon. And the whole thing from like the Little Buzz Safeway parking lot is 110 miles. What kind of, is it single track? No, it's like a mix of pavement and gravel. Okay. But it's like 12,000 feet of climbing. Gosh. (laughs) Or maybe 11,000. But it's so cool because then you get to include both the front side and back side of Lemon. And Reddington Road is beautiful too, so. It's just all beautiful here. Yeah. What kind of bike are you riding on? I've done some different ones. So, I mean, really it's, it's more or less like a gravel loop or like a hardtail. I did it the opposite way on a full suspension bike. So I was like, oh, it'd be fun to descend the backside of Mount Lemon on full suspension. Yeah. It's It wasn't that great. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> we had to try. <laughs> but now I'm like, you know, then I do it enough times that I'm like, okay, that's that's probably enough. But I'm definitely going to put that up on bikepacking.com. I've oh. been promising to do that for two years. <laughs> 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 that's so bad you know all these like ideas all you have to do like, is just like oh i know i have a million like, of them if okay, you're like me i gotta like buckle down <sighs> you know i know and then i'm like i just want to ride my bike that's I don't the thing like, is, hang out on the computer yeah it's enough it's gotta be hard especially gotta, this year with like zoom oh you know my gosh. like video chats i mean this is so nice we're actually talking I in know, person it's I feel so, so good. rare i'm giddy i'm giddy <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this is a big big deal, you know. I mean, this was my dream, but the reason I bought the van two years ago and outfitted it was to do this, That's was so to be cool. able to like drive it, 
you know, well, I'm going to knock out like four interviews in four days and get to see some cool people and see some cool places. And yeah. it's just better to be able to sit across from somebody and just oh, like chit chat for a little bit yeah. instead of like, Hey, Loyal, how are you doing there? <laughs> Tucson. How's the weather there? How's, yeah. <laughs> Looks just, like it's nice out. <laughs> yes. It's just, I mean, it is it is nice, you know, because we're lucky to have it, but this is just better. Yeah, and this I think people are just fried from it. So fried. You know, and then yeah. it's like, and then you're asking them to like spend, like come in for a webinar or like listen to more of it. And it's like enough screen time. Everybody's yeah. been like in front of their computer all year. Yeah. Screen time's over now. Yeah. <laughs> I, after I use my notes on my phone uh, for this interview, I'm I'm done with screens forever. So you mentioned in a Instagram post that you're considering making Tucson your home. Yeah, and uh, at least for the winters. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about it. I mean, we're obviously talking about a lot of the nice riding and the features around here, but what's making you want to make this your home for the winters? Oh, well, Rue and I have been coming down here for the last four, this is our fourth year, spending like part of the winter here. And winter's really like the deadest time for bike travel. I mean, I'm always looking for like, oh, where's good weather? Where's a good place to ride? Mm -hmm. But it's like with less, especially in like the Northern Hemisphere with less daylight, it's harder to be out. It's harder to spend like long days on the bike when it's like dark at five o'clock. Yeah. You're like, okay, I could ride in the dark or I could sleep Just for 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and usually it's like I'm tired from like racing in the summer. Even like racing in the fall is hard because it's dark so early and oh. it's like getting cold and yeah. my motivation is like waning. Yeah. You know, my energy's going down. I feel That's like every, I think every but the winter just kind of tapers yeah. off a little bit. So then I'm like, well, I, we could just come back to Tucson, eat all our meals outside because it's nice out, and like spend time outside every day doing whatever, but also like kind of recovering and then working on projects and catching up with stuff and like have that for a winter place. And then, I mean, the weather's so good everywhere else in the country in the summer. This, that's like the good time to travel. So... Is this a pretty good training ground for you? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Seems, I mean, it seems like it's just ideal. I mean, with Mount Lemmon so close to town, you literally rode here from your house to— you I mean, know. I can ride this every day and be happy. Right. You know, I think it's a good place for, for that, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I like it also because it's just, like, kind of more mellow. The houses are pretty inexpensive. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm like—I mean, it's like half the price of places in Alaska. Okay. Which is— amazing and i'm like well i'd much rather be here <laughs> <laughs> well i would think like for your your travel being somewhere like this is better than alaska just facilitate travel simply. like sunshine and good weather <laughs> and i that. mean it just like has such a, an effect on my mood you yeah. know like alaska's just like the winter's so dark and yeah. cold and like ugh. yeah and you can't like you can't have breakfast outside you know you can't just like sit there or oh, at least man. not in a t-shirt i'm jealous you can't do that in texas either man i once it gets to summer it's uh 90 degrees and 90 humidity i mean it's oh. just it's sweltering like all the time so last time we chatted you were just dating rue and now y'all are engaged yeah Woo! <laughs> <laughs> i wanted yeah, to so that's exciting congratulate you obviously uh super exciting but your post was like super sweet and I'm, i might butcher it but 
you said something along the lines of, I asked Rue to be my wife and she offered to be my everything. Oh, she is though. She's the best. That was so touching. Oh my gosh. I'm just, uh, especially in like a hard year, it's just been so amazing to have Rue always there. Yeah. You know, that's been super cool. So... Do you mind? I don't want to, if it's too personal, but do you mind? You said that, you know, Rue's the boss, you know, Rue's yeah, like kind of. Yeah, Rue's the boss. Or I, what what does she, what does she provide? I mean. Basically because like, I am like, if I get to like ride my bike and travel and do all this stuff, like I'm super happy. So then I'm like, I want Rue to make all the decisions to make sure she's happy with everything. Because yeah. then people are always like, hey, come do this, come do that. And I'm always like, yeah, let's do it oh, all. And then yeah. I'm like. Really, it's more like you have all these opportunities and it's, it's y'all talk about it and you say, hey, is this a good one for both of us? Yeah, exactly. Kinda. Is that? Yeah. Well, and then also like everybody wants Rue to like document everything. Yeah. So they're like, hey, Rue, can you do this? And like. Have like for me like an event is so fun because I just get to be there and do it. But then like Rue's there and she loves like shooting, like taking photos of the event. But then like if after the fact she has to do all this editing and all this extra work, that's like more computer time. Yeah, you know. And then that's like then she can't move on to the next one. Yeah. And I'm like, let's do this new thing, you know. So like <laughs> we're trying to do more stuff where it's like less extra work for Rue. Like she can be there for more of the stuff. And then if she, you know, wants to take a break and not do it, yeah then she should be able to do that too, you know? And like, just because like I want to like do everything doesn't mean like she should have to. She should like get to do the fun stuff yeah, and have the freedom to do that. Like the time to not be like locked down on another project. Yeah. So we've changed like, Gru's been making, producing these videos all on her own for the past two, three years. And they're so good. Uh, any of the videos we worked on together, but now um, she's so tired of editing that now she's going to shoot and then give the footage to somebody else to edit. That's so good. So that's going to be like... I've done that with my podcast and it makes it... Because editing, especially yourself, like listening to yourself for hours, like tens and tens of hours. Oh, and hate it. And then, yeah, <laughs> just anything. It's just, it's so, especially if you're the type of person that wants to be outside. I mean, some people are perfectly happy to sit at home and tick, 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 tick. They, they do that for a living and, and we're grateful yeah. for those people, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's not fun. So that's great. Yeah. It's, it's good to be able to find ways to hand off some of that extra work if you can. Right. Because that's what it's all, I mean, really, what are we here for? Like... We're trying to maximize our life and enjoy it, right? Yeah. And like the more you're tipping away at the computer or editing or whatever, that's not maximizing your life. But I think that obviously putting in that work, it's a stepping stone. You know, you work really hard at yeah. it and you make something really good and then you earn probably some money and then you can afford to. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like you have like a product you can be so proud of too. Oh right? my gosh, like, yeah. Like sharing the stories, you know, and then it's like that was so cool. But then it's like maybe as it goes on, you just get like kind of burnt out of some of the steps. And you're like, oh, for oh. sure. I still love this, but I, I don't want to do that aspect or at least take a break from it. But like completely taking a break means like there's no story, you know? So it's like, well, how could we modify the the setup? So then it's still like fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, let's say podcasting, for example. I mean, I love sitting down and, you know, sitting here talking to you, but once you go home and you have to sit there and listen to it for a long time, it loses its luster after a while. So oh. I can imagine maybe Peru, like going and being there and, like getting the shot, you know, like getting that good interview. Like yeah. it's exciting, yeah. you know, like, but like sitting at home on your computer is not exciting. I mean, I'll see, like I've sat with her cause while she's editing just to like keep her company and she's like editing out like my weird breathing patterns. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like this has been 
making me feel sick to listen to. And she's sitting there for hours, like, like editing out my gasps. Like, that's real love. She like there. put them all together into like a minute where it was just me, like. <laughs> I was like <laughs> Nobody should have to do this, you know, but it like makes it sound better, yeah. makes better audio. That's but podcasting. Like, that's what you do is take uh, out all that stuff because nobody wants to hear it. I know because so it you sounds know? awful. So that's what you do is you sit there and you but listen. But then it's that. like that is such a tedious job. Yeah. And then that's, that's also like such a thankless job. Like editors don't get like the credit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they no. should. They, yeah. <laughs> if people saw what it was like before that or listened to it, they'd be like, oh, God. No, I'll still take all the credit. <laughs> 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 Enough with that, Lael. <laughs> oh, man. Well, congratulations again. Super excited for both of y'all. Thank you. Those pictures uh, were great. I love seeing Rugo. You know, at the end, you could just see how, like, excited y'all were. And I don't know. It's it's exciting. It's nice to see people happy. You're always happy, though, so. I have my highs. I'm moody. You just see the happy part. Good, good. I'm glad to know you're normal. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what else do we have? Oh, I know. Got milk sponsorship. That was April Fool's. Uh (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. Okay. Oh my God. That collaboration between you and Rue is because I don't know whose idea was that. I want to know Rue's idea. Where is she? (laughs) That was so. The did you like research? I'm sorry, but did you research uh, like past milk ads? I knew it. (laughs) She researched it. She reached. I to knew make it. it so, look right. <laughs> so the great thing about that April Fool's joke is that it was so believable because <laughs> you do drink milk. I do drink milk, and that would be a perfect combo. Like milk should totally <laughs> holler oh. at Lael. I mean, the thing is, though. So we make this joke ad, and mostly it was like it was like a tribute to the old ads. Because I mean, I grew up with those; they were yeah. so cool. It was like everybody yeah. had these cool got milk ads, and I drink milk anyway. And then we put up this thing on Instagram, and then all these like vegan people wrote like the craziest, meanest comments. Oh my gosh! Like, really bad they're like what if we put you in a cage and you know ate your child and like really like out of control what's going on with that (laughs) i know i mean i was like why are people but i feel like this has been like kind of the past year like you you know people on the internet have just been mean like really like trying to publicly shame each other like about everything. Yeah. It's like, even like a, I was like, it's a joke about milk. <laughs> I mean, that does not seem like There's that There's nothing more clean and wholesome. Yeah, I know. But I, I mean, maybe that was part of the problem. It's like, oh, you know, these people are just so angry. But I'm like, I'm well, not the person you should be taking your anger out on. Like, Will you drink milk? I know. <laughs> I guess, I don't, that's too, too far. Way too far. I thought it was a great joke. I thought it was good. It even tricked my mom. Yeah. She was like, she was sharing it with her friends. (laughs) Well, you got me because I I was traveling to uh, Las Cruces and I didn't even know what day it was. I didn't know. So I I saw it and uh, Matt and I were around the campfire. Well, we didn't have a campfire, but we were at a campsite that night and we didn't have cell phone service. So I think did later on did you put April Fools? Yeah, yeah later on you yeah. So I didn't I, I we couldn't check it but we were talking about it and we were like pretty sure that was April Fools but what made it so good is number one the photography and everything was like so it just it looked so pro it looked so dialed and then you are 
I mean, you're a superstar in bikepacking and ultra endurance. <laughs> <laughs> Real funny. You are. I mean, you're like the oh, probably the so most good. iconic if we're going to, you know, star in ultra endurance cycling, period. Oh, that's so, so like good. if they were going to pick somebody up. I think I think Melcher call you. They don't even make those ads anymore. Well, they they don't even start. have that campaign. You know, maybe the vegans got to them. Yeah, the vegans got them. <laughs> <laughs> those vegans are tough people. I'll tell whoa, you what, man. Oh, mean, super Ooh. mean. I was like, whoa, I would never say that to somebody. Yeah, that's that's too bad. You, yeah, that's that that is sad. But I don't know. I think people just have a lot of pent up frustration, and but it's gotten to be like pretty mean. There's an analogy that I heard that I like is that it takes six months to build a house, but it only takes, you know, six minutes or whatever to destroy one. And so many people are focused on destroying things around them by saying what's wrong. But I feel like if more people were busy building their own house or building other people, you know, if you have going your house, we'll now start building a house ride. for somebody else. Or just, just go, go outside. <laughs> <laughs> Turn off your phone. I don't know. I like that. That's what we say on the podcast is go ride your damn bike. Yeah. Just shut up and go ride your damn bike. I mean, even, you know, I immediately feel better. I'm just like, oh, thank God. Yeah. It's amazing what a, even a short bike ride, I mean, can do. Uh, flip Mentally. that script real quick. All right, enough drama, Lael. God, you're so dramatic. <laughs> I know, milk. <laughs> <laughs> you're so controversial. Yeah. I didn't know we were going there. Oh, yeah, what? what's your job title? So if you met somebody that didn't know you and, like, legitimately didn't know you, you're like, oh, you know, what do you, what do, you do? Oh, yeah, like, if I do, like, an interview for a sponsor or something, it depends on, like, if they're in the bike community or not. Because if they are, I'll be like, oh, bikepacking or bike packer. Right. But then if they aren't, I'll be like, ultra-distance biker, cyclist, you know, or I guess I could say long-distance. Just because you're like, well, you just want people to be able to understand what you do. But if they if they ride bikes, they probably have heard of bikepacking. But, <laughs> no, but, but if not. Yeah, I'm like, well... That's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah. how, what are you? You're an ultra endurance cyclist. A hundred percent. Are you a part-time pizza slinger anymore? No. Yeah. No, I know not since, uh, 2018. Or really? that's when I stopped having okay. to get a side job. Okay. And then I guess we were guiding for a couple years seasonally. Yeah. But yeah, full-time, full-time bikes. Wow. That is yeah, so cool. Yeah, which is super cool. And it's even like, it's just gotten better and better where people are like, we just want you to do what you want to do. Yeah. And then I'll make like a schedule and say, hey, I, I want to do these things and hopefully we can do them. And then it gives me the time to do, you know, some of these extra girls and women's programs. And then then I also like see like if somebody invites me to come do something, I'm like, like we were supposed to do this race around Rwanda. And I was like, how cool would that be? We could go for, you know, a month in advance through and I can tour together, then I can race it and like try to plan a women's ride while we're there. So it's like, it seems like, especially with the travel and I'm excited for travel to open up again is that we can like kind of plan these projects where we get to like be there for a while riding together. And then I get to do some kind of athletic part to it, mm -hmm. like either a race or a time trial and then make some kind of media out of that. Yeah. So you can kind of co-mingle the two, go to an area, make some media and then race or vice versa yeah, or, or something. Or do like a combination of media of, of like both things. Right. Right. You know, cause then I also feel like anytime you share stories of like, 
riding in these areas, whether it's touring or racing or both, it just draws attention to like other people are like, I want to ride there. And then that's so cool because they should. And if they have like an idea of what it's like, then they're more likely to do it, you know, instead of just like looking at a map. I was thinking how nice it must be or I don't know, fulfilling to have worked so hard for so long. And now you're able to really just focus on solely pursuing the things that you want to, you know, having totally. that freedom to just, okay, what do I want to do? What do, what do we want to do? What are the projects right. we want to tackle? Yeah. And then if like somebody else comes up with an idea, then it's like, that's even more exciting. Cause I'm like, oh, I never would have thought of that. Right. Oh man. You know, it's like, oh, that would be a cool place to go ride or, uh, and then, you know, since we've done like kind of a variety of different projects, I think more people get in touch because they're like, oh, maybe she wants to come do this. Like <laughs> race, like there's one, like a race. They'll do anything. In Let's Chile and Argentina. Yeah, basically. <laughs> don't, don't tell them. <laughs> I always say yes. Uh, oh, you are true. very, you're kind with your time, especially with me. And I've always been grateful for that. But even like other people, like you're always very kind to people and you always make time for people. And their project's exciting for yeah. them, you know, and like, and that's the thing, like somebody building something, it's like, you want to help them. Yeah. Like, it's so nice to like, not have to come up with all the ideas or like do every like piece of something. It's like, if you can just like help with like a little piece of something, that's like the best. Yeah. Cause then it's like, then you could do that and then move on to something else. I wonder, know? there aren't a lot of full-time professional ultra endurance cyclists right no, now. No, right. Do you have any like advice for other I mean, this is a new thing. I mean, being a full sponsor, you know, I mean, this is all relatively new. I mean, is there a a career path for people that are like looking to do date and and then get engaged to a photographer and... Yeah. And then you have to win. You yeah. have to win some races Here are the and steps. Yeah. <laughs> it's a flow Here's, chart. Yeah. That's you know, if you think about it, it's really a dumb question. I wonder how much of it is intentional. Like, how much of are you like a planner? Like, I'm going to do this, 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 or are you? I just... mean, first I was just traveling on the bike, and then I was like very like focused on racing and like getting these results. But then, if you don't share like stories from the races, it's almost like they never happened. Like, I raced the Tour Divide twice in 2015 with, like, zero media. The one guy who did take photos won't share them with me. Whoa. Yeah. So, that's... That's about They're photos of me. Yeah. Why <laughs> and I set a record, them? and he's, like, sold them to many magazines. Oh, no. I oh. can't even buy them from him. Oh, no. I mean, that's, that's kind of sick, right? That's really sick. That's one of got to be one of the bummers about getting some notoriety is you're also, like, seeing Exposed. some of the shitty part. Yeah, but then it's like, okay, you have to find, like, a new solution. Yeah. Or in the beginning, I was, like, doing all this stuff, and then people would come to me and, like, ask, what are you up to? Can we, like, make a video about it or do something? And then they'd have a budget to cover their costs, but I wouldn't be getting paid because it's about me, so that's benefiting me. But then I'm like, well, I'm still working at like a pizza place, (laughs) you know, and it's my life, right? But no, not all of them are the same though. So then you learn about that. Like the guys who made like the video for REI actually like paid me to do that, which was great because I was totally broke. Like I couldn't have done it (laughs) otherwise. And that REI one was good too. I remember that one. But then I did one with like Wired Magazine and then they hired Rue to shoot it, which was cool, but they only paid her like a day rate and and they didn't pay me. So then I'm like, I'd like set up everything for that though, you know? So then you're like, okay, you have to figure out like, how does media work? How do you make budgets? Who covers them? You know? So I was like, well, Pearl Zumi like helped us do that, 
you know, that was so cool. So at some point you, I guess you have to determine your value and it's like your image. Can't you say like, if you want to use it, you have to like pay me or something. You could, I guess. But then you're like saying no to a project that's like just going to die, you know? So it's like, I don't know. It's it's like you're balancing, trying to do the best for the community, share the stories and and that, But, but also, I mean, you're. Like, it is your story. Like, they're telling your story. Yeah. It is you. But it's, it's all cool your to, like, do that. So yeah. how do you figure it out so you, like, don't have to work at a pizza place? Yeah. And then you're, like, you hope you have, like, sponsors that are helping you, like, paying you to, like, your living expenses or to do projects. If the sponsor has the idea for the project, then they will pay for it for sure. Yeah. Or, like, they all work differently. So, but, you know, what I found is, like, most of these companies, like, people that work in them, they're actually, like, they're super inspired. So they're like, we just want to do what we can to help you, like, do this thing. Yeah. They're, like, not thinking about, oh, we're going to, like, sell so many shirts, <laughs> you know? Because it's, like, they're probably, I mean, like, yeah, it's cool, but, you know, that's not, like, direct marketing. Yeah. Like, it's more, like, brand awareness is the thing they're yeah, looking for. Yeah, like, can you to... even, like, quantify that? I yeah, don't know. I don't so think it's, like, so. Hopefully, like, people just work at the brands and they're, like, that's cool, let's yeah. help. Yeah. And then, you know, if we can, like, make something from it and s- with social media, great. If not, whatever. Yeah. Maybe they won't do it again. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah uh, well, you got to figure—I mean, that's the thing is there isn't a path forward. Like, you're you're one of the first. There's not, like, a, well, you do this, then this, and this. So, basically, just figuring out the best you can right. as you go. Well, and I think it's changing for, like, so many athletes because, like, used to be, you know, you had a manager and a team and— they paid you and took care of the stuff, but you were like very limited on what you could do or what gear you could use. And that's one of the cool things about where we're at with social media and stuff is, you know, you can market yourself. You can, Mm -hmm. you cut out the middleman and you just, you know, talk, you know, you talk, I say, talk to whoever you want to, uh, that's podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) You can take on whatever project you want. So it sounds like, you know, you're really racing focus, obviously, and now you're having more opportunities with sponsors and, and creating stuff. So like going forward, especially with things like lifting on the restrictions, how do you see it like working out, I guess? You know, do you have some things in the work already or? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, we've I've been planning on doing a time trial on the Oregon Outback for the oh. past year with Jan Hein from Renee's okay. house. And so we're actually going to do that, I think, end of May. But then um, Rue and I might go early May to tour the route together, and she'll be shooting video for GCN+. Plus. Oh, good. So GCN made a platform that's like, they're like, it's like the Netflix of biking. Right. Okay, cool. Uh, but they're like, if Rue could shoot footage and give it to us, we'll edit it. And so that's kind of a cool thing to do. And then after that, we'll go to Switzerland and race the Hope 1000 Again, that I did before. Uh, that's with my friend Willie Felix. But he was the one. Anytime you come to Europe, oh, yeah, yeah, this is he, your home this base. This is your home base. I remember you said that on one of the last podcasts. He just like rolled out the red car. I remember you're like, Rue, we can't pack so very much. I don't know if we're gonna be living on our bikes. Yeah. <laughs> and then we just live with him. We lived with yeah. him for like six weeks. That's so cool. And his wife, and yeah, I mean, he lives in like this tiny town, and he calls it the center of the universe. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> he routes, it's the center he of has his route. His race go past it yeah yeah so hopefully we'll do that i mean it's so beautiful there and it just be nice to spend some time out of the u.s and will y'all do a project out of that or do you know yeah who's the official race photographer you said that and then they're gonna yeah that's right yeah you said that and then i'll just race it oh perfect it'll be fun (laughs) you'll just win it (laughs) (laughs) i don't know about that people have gone pretty crazy i don't think that i think last year like they didn't sleep at all a thousand k Ooh. Not looking forward to that. Oh, huh? that's hard. 
All right. Do you train? You know, just riding. Just Not riding. specifically. Just riding. Yeah. So <clears throat> let's see here. No coach. Eating. Do you, do you have like adhere to a diet and strength training? Like, do you have like a regi- oh, regimented I mean, like, no, but program? I try to, like, I've been doing 100 push-ups a day. I do this 12-minute back exercise. I used to do more yoga. Now I just do some stretching. I do planks every other day. But that's just like, I think that's overall health. Sounds like maintenance kind of. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then I run. And then, you know, I just riding pretty consistently, but I'm like, like yesterday I got to ride lemon three times. So I'm like, if I have these big rides every now and then I'm just pumped to do that. So you really just train by what feel like you just kind of like to be out there. Yeah. Uh, That's so interesting. That's got to be super unique for, you know, your level of, of athleticism to, uh, the only other athlete I can think of is Courtney Dewalter. That's an ultra runner, you know, that's, you know, she would eat nachos and drink beer and go yeah. and run you know just like no plan no coach no you know and like and you just don't think you don't know about too many people that are that just go by feel and just I mean you know I haven't done it any other way maybe I'd get better if I had a coach <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it you know I was thinking I was like oh maybe I'll try that out and then I guess it's just like I'm already so busy kind of fitting everything in that I'm like I just want biking to always be fun good you know, like yeah. I always want that to be like a fun thing that I'm looking forward right. to. I, I mean, it still might be fun with a training plan, but spending more time like, you know, analyzing data just doesn't sound fun. <laughs> I've always felt, I mean, obviously I'm not you, but from an outsider, I've always felt like you just seem to have a positive mental attitude. And I feel like, you know, you ride bikes for fun. You want to be out there and seeing the horizon, seeing the wildlife, pushing yourself, whatever it is, but you're doing it because you're enjoying it. You're having fun. Right. And that's the thing that's like pushing you forward. It's right. not the coach. It's not all these things. It's just that you love it. Well, especially for like a race that takes like a week because you have to like get up day after day and like you're going to feel pain and it's like a lot of sacrifice. But like for the most part, you have to feel like this is actually what I want to be doing. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm like, why are you out there? You know, it's I wonder just if like more cyclists, too much. You know, maybe you're giving away your secret. Yeah, I hope People are so. going to listen to this and just be like, what? All I have to do is have fun and I'll be as fast as life. I hope everybody just enjoys yeah, I it. I do too. I think <laughs> that's the most important thing. I don't care what the discipline you're in, how you like to ride. I really don't care. My main thing is like, if you're not having fun, what's the point, right? We're here right. to have a good time. This is fun. I know. It's like, it's whether you want to race or not race, go slow or fast. Yeah. Like, And also you shouldn't like you know point fingers at how anybody else is doing it either like just do it your own way enjoy that try something if you get sick of it try something different like go mountain biking get on a road bike like it's all good you know it's like just keep it fun that's one thing i like about you i think that's a good example that you set is that like i know you post you're like i'm really into road bikes right now but i mean you ride mountain you ride road you ride everything you know like you're you know yeah, because it changes it up. Like, it changes, like, how your headspace while you're out there, you yeah. know, what you're focusing on. And, and then if I'm, like, just not having fun in one discipline, I'm like, okay, I'll just lay off that for a while, you know, until I'm like, oh, I want to do that again. I'm the same way. Sometimes I only go for a night ride. Sometimes, yeah. you know, like, sometimes I'm really into mountain biking. Sometimes it's gravel. So, you know, it's just whatever's fun. Yeah. Should be a good part of the day. All right. Well... I asked everybody on the internet, and the number one question I got, everybody's like, is she going to set an FKT on this? Is she going to set an FK on that? Like, okay, so (laughs) the ones I remember, Arkansas High Country Loop. Oh, yeah. uh, Are you going to do Tour Divide this year? 
Monumental Loop. Oh, I would love to ride that. It's I've been good. talking I, about riding that so for good. years. It's really good. And I think with the new route, it's 255 miles. You could, you know, not sleep and smash out like a really good time. Oh, you know? that'd be fun. Yeah. He took out 30 <clears throat> miles of just nasty sand that everybody slogged through and everybody's happier now. He used to host like a race on it in the fall. Yeah. yeah. So he, yeah, he's still, he's going to do it again this year. So obviously cool. 2020, no. And then uh, 2021, yes. And then, uh, oh yeah, there's my new race in uh, Texas, the East Texas Showdown. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's in October 1st. So. I want to hear about that. 388 miles. You ride, you know, the north or the south loop, either direction. It's going to go through the Davy Crockett National Forest and the Sam Houston National Forest. You'll like this. It starts and finishes in the Bullet Grill in Point Blank, Texas. No way. <laughs> it doesn't get more Texas than that. I've never ridden in Texas. <laughs> uh, but it, it goes through like two of the only swaths of uh, private land that we have in Texas. I mean, we have Big Bend on the west side of Texas and, and then on the east side we have like kind of where I'm at. Um, so yeah, we're going to do it this year. Is I that think, the best time of year to ride it? Oh, it's going to be, the weather should be good, you know, cool. like that's, and I'm going to start it at midnight just no. to like, yes. That's so terrible. Why? It's only. Oh, cause you're like awake all that day. And I then, know. oh, you think it's bad? Yeah. Why? Okay. What time would you start it? You're the pro. So, oh, in the morning. Really? Okay, so here's my thought. It's a short race. There's only 12,000 feet of elevation the whole time. It's 50% gravel, 50% pavement. For someone like you, and I'm hoping like there's be some people, the fast people that want to come and like set down a real fast time. Because it's that distance where you're going to be tempted to not take a sleeping bag or anything and just yeah. go. So I thought to make it a little bit more harder, I would start at midnight. But you tell me. I'm, I really want to know. You know, I mean, DKXL, they started four in the afternoon. That was kind of cool. Okay. But then that was also part of that was that like people could come out and give you like a grand farewell. Oh, I see. You know, I'd say morning. That's okay. so hard. Okay. Because then you don't get that whole day of sleep. All and right. then It's the morning. What time in the morning? What's the best time to start oh. a race? I've never done a race before, so. Ever? No, I've never um, hosted, hosted one. one. This is my first event to host. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You could do. You, I mean, the midnight start would just be unique. Yeah. You know, why not? Then people would have to try to take No, I'm going to go with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely doing it in the morning now. You can't talk me out of no, it. <laughs> no. Oh, man. All right. So, I mean, I would. It Eight would o'clock, be... nine o'clock in the Ooh, morning. Ooh. Yeah. Now you're talking. <laughs> I hate it when they start them at five and six. Oh, like, that's so early. That to me is just the worst. I'd rather start at midnight that's... than 5 a.m. Yeah. But if you're talking about eight or nine, you can get yeah, up at a reasonable you don't hour. Yeah. Then... I mean, you could even start at 10 and have, like, coffee and breakfast. People could hang out a little bit. Well, that is one aspect of it is having at the Bullet Grill. They got a big outdoor area. We could have a concert. We can, you know, like, That's I cool. want, you know, instead of you finish and nobody's there, like, I'm hoping yeah. to have, like, a, a party kind of thing. Absolutely. And, yeah. and then you can, like, welcome people in as they come, you know, and everybody has their own stories and stuff. That's yeah, really cool. Yeah, I could cool. do a little podcasting. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. But for you... Are there any races out there oh, that... Yeah, I mean, I hope to do a time trial on the Tour Divide, but the Canadian border is still closed. So for for you, would you not... I mean, it's not really worth going out there to race from the no. United States border, right? Because I've already ridden it. I mean, I've raced it three times and yeah. ridden part of it a fourth. And I'm like, at this point, it's about the record. Yeah. You know, and then, I mean... Uh, yeah, and I also still feel a little burned by the community. 
on that one. So I'm like, why would I give more to that? That's a good point. You know, when there are like other races to do, like Gabe Tiller's doing a race on the Oregon Timber Trail this year. Oh yeah. That would be cool. I probably can't do it because I'm doing a time trial. I'm going to do a time trial on the Alaska Pipeline. Oh, so okay. Dead how, Horse, how Prudhoe Bay to Valdez, 850 miles. Oh, my god! Tons of climbing. Oh, my gosh. But, and it, so it crosses, like, you know, the whole state. Is this a route that you just, like, like oh, I'm going to do this one, or is it an established route? No, no, I'm starting it. You're just like... <laughs> <laughs> well, another, like, a Swiss guy was going to host a race that ended in Prudhoe Bay, which is kind of miserable because it's like a you know the oil fields it's just like that's an industrial place it's beautiful getting there but it's just like a weird place to end but i'm like if you start there then you still get to pass through all that land and end like in valdez which is rainforest i mean in the winter people are like ice climbing right off the highway it gets like more snow than anywhere in alaska oh nice so and brutal (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll do that early July. Actually, Rue's going to shoot that, and then Rafa will make a video about that for yeah. Gone Racing, their series. The summer's just so short, you can't fit everything, you know? I'm like, the Oregon Timber Trail is July 10th, I think. There's a Grand Depart That's there. Going That's going to be hard. That's like 750 miles, I think, all single track, kind of like the what's, Arizona Trail. What's it? Is that in the Oregon desert? Yeah. So it's Okay, in the so it's going to be hot, too. Yeah, probably really hot. But then there's like, well, I could do an FKT on that later, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I just want to ride the route. I've never ridden it. At this point, it sounds like you're like, I just ride want to ride anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Riding Mount Lemon over and over. Yeah. Well, it is beautiful, but I mean, I yeah, it's got to nice have to, to do something new. Yeah, get out and and how are you feeling? Are you feeling strong after yeah. the lockdown? And everything? Were you able to like train more? Uh, I mean, I guess I traveled less. Like, I didn't fly anywhere. So it's like, I feel like the past couple years I've been, like, flying a lot more, like, all over the place to do different things. And it's kind of nice to not do that because it takes a lot of time and energy and... Mental energy, stress. But, I mean, it's so fun to actually, like, be in a new place and meet people in person and that kind (laughs) of stuff. But it's like... I think I've been sleeping a lot more. So that's (laughs) good. Yeah. Uh, Probably come back stronger. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Are you excited to get back out there? Like, are you like anxious to kind of like test yourself again and like put yourself out there? Like, do you miss that part of it? I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only race I did last year was the Kenai 250. It's like a 250 mile wow. mountain bike race yeah, in Alaska. So in a hot minute. Yeah. So I really haven't done much endurance stuff, but I've done some like big days and you know, that's been fun. And, and then I've gotten to ride a lot more with Rue and spend more time with her. So that's been nice too. Less stress. Yeah. Less stress is always good. <laughs> so well, I think it'll be fun. I mean, I'm excited to go to Switzerland. Oh, uh, man. That'll be cool. Yeah, finally. Like yeah. get out of the United States again. I have, I've never been to Switzerland, but I mean, just the pictures, it looks It's so beautiful. Sweet. I was always like, oh, it's overrated. And then I went there and I was like, it's not. It's, it's like not perfect here. Like happy cows with bells. With the bells and everything. <laughs> That's so funny. I want to ask you one more question. I was actually going to wrap it up, but I forgot. You had mentioned that you suffer from hand and knee pain. Like that's something that you really struggle hand with. Hand and feet. Hand and feet. I struggle with hand pain yeah. forever. So, like, is there a remedy? Have you figured out ways to deal with it? Or is it just, like, some people just have bad hands? Or I don't know. Recently, uh, Sarah Sturm actually recommended acupuncture. Oh. I was like, oh, that's worth a try. Yeah. I feel like I have nerve damage. You know, like, my hands, like, lock down into a claw. 
<laughs> okay, might not do that. <laughs> like, hey, but oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, now I'm riding more with drop bars for more bikes, just because the hand positions are better for yeah. my hands. But yeah, it's rough. It's just deal with it. Yeah, yeah. I haven't so found. It's... I've found, I've tried every goddamn handlebar. handlebar. Every setup, everything you think of, and they just heard it's like okay. Suspension well, helps. Yeah, it, yeah, it does help. It's just like, but the weight. Oh, but like some of them are so light now, like the Sid. Oh if you my gosh, them. it's like I know that's the thing though, right? <laughs> expensive. It's expensive. <laughs> yeah, but I there mean, there are solutions out there. You know, though. you that's only have one. one set of hands. Oh yeah, we got my girlfriend uh, carbon bars on because she has pain in her hand. It is and better. just switching to carbon bars. She has a carbon bike, so but aluminum bars. When you switch her to carbon bars, and like it just fixed it. I was it like, well, that was a easy. World of difference. That was yeah. super easy. Yeah, and then I have like you know I have ergon grips with bar ends, so I can mix it up. I don't know. It's yeah. If there's gonna be pain. Yeah, over distance. Over distance. Not like every day on the bike, but like by halfway through a race, I'm like, oh god. Do you have a spirit animal? No. I think it could be a duck. <laughs> because everything just like rolls off you, it seems. Like if like you're in a race and it's going really hard and you have to go to the hospital because you have bronchitis, you kind of just brush it off. You're like, oh, I had bronchitis, you know. <sighs> that was you know. so bad. Like, but I mean, it, and even like with uh, like getting interviewed, media, like taking pictures, it just seems like you're like kind of, you're just like, oh, you know, kind of go along with everything and everything kind of just like washes off your back. I don't know. Well, you look at these things and you're like, well, what else are you going to do? You yeah. know, like just sit in the corner? <laughs> well, a lot of, I don't know. I like, I, I get anxious and have like anxieties and stuff and I'm like always, I don't know. People, I think second guess themselves. and Too much. Yeah. I think you do a good job of just like being you and I think that's a that that's a, in itself a good example because a lot of people and myself included like sometimes it's hard Spend to too just much like time like in your head yeah, thinking your about head. it yeah, yeah. Like, and it's like nobody actually cares they just like want to <laughs> you know hear the thing or whatever you know or they like unless it's you refreshing. post about milk and then yeah, everybody or cares everything's controversial so who cares <laughs> oh that's a good point yeah. oh my gosh but I'm like you can't not win. I'm that's like the thing. I feel like I'm so kind of like family friendly vanilla you, you know are, and yeah. then it's like. Uh, apparently not, oh, you, you know, are. but I'm like, whatever. I mean, I do drink milk. What am I going to do? Yeah. You know, I was like, well, I could either make like a serious life change or I could just accept this. Yeah. It's okay. I accept you for who you are. <laughs> Thank you. But more importantly, yeah, everybody <laughs> should accept themselves for who they are and be okay with that. And everybody else should yeah. just let them be that person. I mean, to a certain, you know, unless you're a major asshole or something, but a lot of people drink milk. They're like. not stuck in their own heads, the major assholes. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they're, not they're fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the nice people that are that's second right. guessing themselves. Like, oh they're like, oh, I offended somebody. Oh, that's a good, yeah. You're, you know, yeah. people are. But that's good to be like sensitive, but not to where it's like stopping you from just doing stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. or, or I mean, I think that's a lot of things. The thing with like women riding or going on adventures is like they're being second guessed by others. And it's like, have you ever had anybody be like, can you really do that? Are you safe? You know, and then you start thinking about it and you're like, maybe I'm not, yeah. you know? So it's like, it's such a weird thing. I feel like I'm curious from your perspective. I don't think you probably get it very often, especially now in your career, but like, like I, I host some uh, bikepacking events, small ones, just locally, and you know, women, men, old, young, like everybody shows up, and I never, I'm just like, hey, it's self-supported, 
I'm not your dad, you know, like, yeah, here's the route. We're all going to go have a good time. But like, no one's bailing you out kind of deal. And I never second guess anyone. Like if you show up under that, it's like, hey, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. And then if something happens, figure it out. Yeah. Walk back and to the And if you truck, don't like it anymore, stop doing stop it. Doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to your race. Are you going to come? I'd like to. Maybe. October you don't have to first. commit. October 1st. We can talk off the mic. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Anything else you want to talk about? I think that's good. I think we Happy talked. to talk with you. Yeah, it was good to catch up. I appreciate you having me out. Let me come talk to you again. And it really just feels good to be able to meet people in person and, like, get out and do something other than sitting in front of a Zoom meeting or whatever. All right, you get to bomb down the hill? Woo! All right, here all we go. easy. Bye-bye. All right, all right. I hope y'all enjoyed today's episode. How could you not, right? She is as cool and humble and honest and she's just loyal that's what we said it on the episode like she's good at just being herself and saying what's on her mind and speaking her heart and everything and you know like i said man sometimes that's hard to do i know i edit myself on this podcast all the time and i'm second guessing myself all the time i'm thinking of better ways i could have asked questions better questions i could have asked second guessing everything, you know? So anyway, maybe I could follow her example and uh, try to stop doing that a little bit as well. I think that's good advice from Lael. All right, everybody. Well, uh, again, thank you to the new patrons who stepped up. Thank you to, there are, uh, last I checked and I checked uh, earlier today, 161 patrons. So there's a lot of y'all who really do step up and really do make it financially possible to produce this show and really, like I said, getting back on the road in the van and capturing these high quality episodes like this, they do cost more money. And I hate to beg, but it comes with the territory. So uh, one last time, if you don't mind and you got a little change in your pocket, you could spare. And I'm talking like a dollar a month, $12 a year. That's it. Head over to bikesordeath.com or you can find me directly at patreon.com forward slash bikesordeath. I've got another great episode coming out next week. Next week's episode is with John Watson, who goes by John Prawley on Instagram. And some of you may think his name is actually John Prawley. Um, I did. I thought that for a while. But his name is John Watson, and he owns The Rativist. And he's episode 69. Pretty excited for that one. I think it's fun that it was with John. I think he got a tickle out of that as well. And uh, it was scheduled to come out on 421. But, you know, had to bump it up a day. So my episode 69 with John Watson, owner of the Radivist, comes out on 420. Yeah, baby. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. And I'd like to leave you with a little bit of advice from Lael. Sometimes it's better to just shut up, close your computer, and go ride your damn bike. It was the middle of the night. You grabbed your knife and you held it tight. The sounds of beasts kept you awake. The sounds they made kept you afraid. In the morning, you packed your bike. Memories forgotten from the previous night. You rode faster than ever before. Was it your imagination or merely folklore? Fear turned into strength as you pushed further. Every pedal stroke, stronger and firmer. Your bike feels weightless, your legs aren't tired. You think to yourself.
yourself just a few more miles. Find some more death.